looking to sound like you know what's going on in the world? Pop culture, social strategy, comedy, and other funny stuff? Well, join the club and settle in for the Jeff Dawaskin Show. It's not the podcast we deserve, but the podcast we all need with your host, Jeff Dawaskin. All right, Roger. Thank you so much for that amazing introduction. You get the show going each and every week, and this week is no exception. Welcome, everybody, to episode 44 of Live from Detroit, The Jeff Duoskin Show. I am your host, Jeff Duoskin. So glad to have you back for another week of fun and excitement. And this week is no exception. We have one of the funniest comedians in the world with us today. That's right. Mary Ellen Hooper is here. We're going to be catching up and talking about tons of funny stuff a little bit later in the show. So just hang on, and that's coming up real soon. This past week was pretty awesome. I was invited to and I spoke at a podcasting conference called PodFest, amazing five-day event. The topic of my conversation was the art of making a comedic tweet go viral. So that was fun. I got to share some of my Twitter knowledge with a whole new audience. So that was pretty cool. Enjoyed doing that. And I look forward to future conferences and hopefully speaking again in the future. And I will make sure I do a better job of letting you all know I'm doing that so you can all tune in and hear me talk. Speaking of tuning in, don't forget we have Crossing the Streams. That's our live show. Jeff Dewaskin presents Crossing the Streams every Wednesday at 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time. And that's live. That's a live show. It's interactive. It's engaging. The audience talks to us. We talk back at them. We talk about tons of great TV shows that you should be streaming. Get it? Crossing the Streams. Streaming. So we have guests every week. And we talk about some really great shows that you should be streaming. We have a new segment now weekly called Netflix Metrics. I'm not sure if that's going to be the name moving forward. But anyway, we talk about the top 10 trending shows on Netflix to open every show now. So that's kind of cool. So you can be right at the pulse of everything hot in streaming television. So check that out. It's live on YouTube, The Jeff Dewaskin Show. Follow us on YouTube. It's live on Facebook, facebook.com slash Jeff is funny. You can catch the feed there as well live. That's exciting. You know what else is exciting? Last week's episode with Jackie, the Joke Man Martling. That's right. He came back for another visit, and we talked all about his book, The Joke Man Bow to Stern, his time on the Howard Stern Show. And if that wasn't enough, we also gave away three signed copies of his book, Joke Man Bow to Stern, via a contest on our Twitter account, at Jeff Dewaskin Show. So if you're not following us on Twitter, there's a reason to do it for any future contests that we do. And we're going to be doing more. That was our second one. We also did one to to celebrate the Kenneth Johnson episode, the creator of The Bionic Woman and V. So tons of great stuff going on. We want to get back to the fans. So follow us on Twitter, at Jeff Dewaskin Show. Also, that's in addition, of course, to subscribing and following and liking us on any of your favorite podcast apps. If you're like, Jeff, I don't know what podcast app I love. Just go to jeffisfunny.com. There's a subscribe link there. It has a direct link to all the very popular podcast apps. But any one of them, you can do it. Apple Podcasts, CastBox, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Google Podcasts. We're there. We're everywhere. And here's the important part. Tell all your friends. Word of mouth helps the show tremendously. I love coming week after week. Tell your friends and family, loved ones, co-workers, people that randomly call your house how much you love Live from Detroit, The Jeff DeWaskin Show, and why they should be listening as well. So I think you got your homework, and uh, let's move on. All right. I do want to thank everyone for supporting the sponsors week after week. 
I do appreciate it. Your support of the sponsors is how we keep the lights on here at Live from Detroit, the Jeff Duoskin Show. This week's sponsor is a special one, Digital Luggage Tags. Perfect for the active traveler with a secret to hide and an irrational fear of losing their luggage. That's right. Have you ever arrived at your destination only to hear the words, we're sorry, we've lost your luggage? Well, we're here to tell you to stay calm. Sure, you should be panicking because there's things in that luggage you don't want people to see. There's things in that luggage that (laughs) that you should not have packed, but you took the chance that your luggage would arrive. But it didn't. But now you can be glad you've used digital luggage tags. That's right. Digital luggage tags allows you to now remotely change the name and address and ownership of that luggage. Now, when those embarrassing items go viral, you can just sit back and laugh while your neighbor or coworker that you secretly hate is embarrassed on social media for their luggage item indiscretions. That's right. Digital luggage tags. Stay calm. We got you. All right. Well, that seems like a really, really great product. I encourage everyone to go out and get that. No reason that you shouldn't travel with the confidence of knowing that you can pack anything you want and not have to worry about it later. It's that time of the show where I'm going to share with you the amazing conversation I had with comedian Mary Ellen Hooper. We talk about so much stuff, TikTok strategy, finding your voice, family life when you're a comedian, bad gigs, meeting famous people. It's a hilarious conversation and includes a lot of giggling. Ladies and gentlemen, here's my conversation with Mary Ellen Hooper. All right. I'm excited to introduce my next guest. You've seen her on The Tonight Show with Jay Leno. She's had her own Comedy Central special. One of the funniest comedians around. Ladies and gentlemen, Mary Ellen Hooper. Thank you. Thanks, Mr. Jeff. You're so sweet. And and I appreciate that you didn't say one of the funniest female comedians. So that's very rare that, that that wasn't a credit. So thank you. Well, that just goes without saying. You are one of the funniest comedians, not just female comedian, which I know you did win that one. Yeah, well. It doesn't define you. It doesn't. (laughs) No, and that's why we're friends. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Do they even do that anymore? Is it now? Is it just like just funniest? Would you compete against? No, they still do it. It's it's funny. Even audience members will come up. The most backhanded compliment that that I get is, I hate female comedians, but I liked you. (laughs) Well, that's weird because we're all doing the same act. How could that be? Right. Blah, 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 my period. I guess it's because I don't talk about that. But yeah, it's really funny. I think back in the, I don't know, the 2000s, this woman, uh, she thought she was, I don't know, she was just so on top of the women's movement. And she came up and she was interviewing me and she's like, well, what's the difference about being a woman comic and a guy comic? I said, well, usually when a guy comic does an interview, they don't get asked that question. And she just went, <laughs> oh, and caught herself. Because she was trying to be edgy with it. And I'm like, you kind of just did what we're fighting against. But anytime you're a minority in any kind of job or sport or life, it's going to be pointed out, right? Because, I mean, black comics, oh, you're the funniest black comic or you're the funniest Jewish comic or you're the funniest comic in a wheelchair I've ever seen. (laughs) So unless you're a a white guy, you know, no offense, Jeff. (laughs) Well, I'm Jewish and I haven't, I haven't ranked Jewish or white. So it's like, I got not, I'm like, oh, I'm struggling. I'm struggling here. (laughs) You don't even know your hooks. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) I'm failing on all cylinders. Well, it's, you know, it's okay. We, you deal with whatever it is. And, And I have to say, I've gotten as much work 
as I've lost because of it. Like if there's a a TV show and they already have two guys, they're going to hire me because to mix it up. But if there's already a woman, I'm not going to get hired because you can't have two on the same show unless it's called girls, girls, girls. Yeah, you know, I mean, I'm sure it evens out, but... It should even out, because you're just super hilarious, regardless. Well, you're super sweet. Thank you, Jeffrey. (laughs) (laughs) You could also win Best Redhead. See? There's a a few of us. Yeah. Yeah. And then I was watching a a clip of you, and you were blonde. I was like, wait, no, Mary Ellen's a redhead. What (laughs) what is this? Well, that was when I was touring with three blonde moms. Okay. So I just picked up the box next to the red one in the beauty supply store (laughs) so I could tour. With that group. I mean, naturally, I'm dark blonde, (laughs) but red suits me. I mean, everyone in my family is a redhead except for me, but we don't ask my dad about that or my mom about that. Was being a blonde comic more fun? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I had a lot more Me Too stories, (laughs) if that that tells you anything. Oh, no. Than than when you're a redhead. Oh, yeah, that was a whole. You know, when you back then we were traveling and you're just an opener or feature act and you're with a headliner. There's plenty of those stories where, hey, I've hit on every waitress in the place and now I'm looking at you and you've got girl parts. I'm like, oh, no, I don't travel with them. Kept them at home. (laughs) So don't even look at me. Not tonight, sir. Not tonight. Not tonight. Or you probably don't get tips. (laughs) The only time... I thought I was getting a tip was I did a show and a guy comes up to me and he kind of, he hand, he puts his hand out and I could see he's got a bill in it. And I think to myself, oh my God, I'm about to get tipped. And he hands me the money and I look at it and it's a lot of money. And then I realize, oh, I just got paid. <laughs> that, that, that was the owner. Oh my. That was the owner. I had no idea who he was. And I was just like, oh, no wonder. This gangster. is not a very generous person at all. This, this guy. <laughs> This guy's just paying me, so I'll leave. That's hilarious. I got tipped in Vegas that way. Somebody came up after the show and did the whole hand, in the hand, you know, don't tell your mother, whatever, gangster kind of. And I, and I went back to school, oh my gosh, I got tipped $100. And everyone's like, oh no, they expect an after show. It's Vegas. <laughs> so I was like, oh! <laughs> oh no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so I stayed in the green room until everybody had left. <laughs> well, at least in Vegas with your red hair, you can be like, I'm Carrot Top. <laughs> I was for a while. I started out. I had some props. And then what what got you out of the prop comedy business? Well, you get teased a lot. Ask Carrot Top, for one. And then I had my little things in a hat box, like an old hat box. The headliner said, here, oh, I'll put that up on the stool for you. I'm going up there to do a mic check. I'm like, oh, how sweet. I had to go up there. So then I intro the my first bit, and I turn. He had emptied my prop case. <laughs> there was nothing in it. And so I see them all in the back, you know, going, oh, let's see her be funny now. And I was. So there you go. So I said, oh, I guess it's a lot of trouble and with music cues and and carrying it around and being made fun of. So, I, you know, I think in the beginning, you you try to figure out who you are, right? So I started with the Scott, you know, Carrot Top. And so there was a lot of guys that were doing props and stuff. So I think whatever you're around, you kind of emulate. I mean, I used to wear a jacket with the sleeves pushed up with a T-shirt because that's what guy comics wore. You know, I think it takes a while for you to figure out what you're doing. And the, the one night I had, um, I had been up all night crying because my boyfriend at the time had broken up with me and I was on an all woman show. So I go up there and I start doing my little stuff. And this woman in the front goes, it looks like you've been crying all night. 
And that just made me start crying. And I just unloaded and just ripped apart this boyfriend and the crowd went nuts. And in my little MC spot, I got a standing ovation with just telling the truth. And so that's kind of, that was my like, remember Sally Field and Punchline? Yes, yes. <laughs> that was my little... <laughs> Sally Field punchline moment. So I'm like, wow, I don't have to make up jokes. I can just talk about what's going on. And that guy kind of figured it out. That, and it made writing so much easier. I mean, if you're trying to make up joke jokes, it's way harder than just talking about what your boyfriend did to you. <laughs> It's way easier. But now my kids. Absolutely. And sometimes those moments are the moments where like when they took your props away or whatever, where you t when you take away, I don't want to say a crutch, but like. Oh, absolutely. When yeah, you yeah. take that away and you're like all of a sudden forced because you're on stage, you have no choice. Right. Yeah. You know, and then you just kind of break out. It's I remember like walking to a club and they're like, you have to do a completely clean set, like fully clean. <laughs> Because it was like a church group. And like, I hadn't prepared anything. Right, I was right. Just, right. And so I edited my material as I was going and I was still getting laughs. And it's like, oh. Ah, look at that. I mean, I, I don't have to even push it as far as I was pushing it. It's like you have those little crutches even in your own thing. And it's not like I'm. Oh, sure. It's not like I'm obscene or anything. I don't. <laughs> You're not deaf jam. <laughs> I'm not, yeah, I'm not, I'm not dirty. It's just, but you know, there's little things, you know, we're, we're sure. adults so we can be adult. Well, I always thought it was funny that comics will be so dirty in a club only to have to clean it up if you get a, a TV spot. So for me, it just would make more sense to try to do, because I'm not dirty in real life. Like, like why would I do that anyway? And I, and I thought to myself, I'm not, I don't cuss in real life. I'm not a dirty person. And one day I'm, I might have kids and wouldn't that be horrible? Like, no offense to Amy Schumer, I would be mortified if I had teenage sons like I do, and they look me up and I'm talking about some of the things that she talks about. So it was a personal choice for me. It's just not me. And I get got to work on the Disney cruise ship. So she's probably not going to. <laughs> she probably doesn't care no. either. But, you know, it's just, your different choices. She's not. <laughs> I think she's fine. <laughs> As long as whatever you're doing works for you. I agree with that. I remember like when my kids started, I kind of stopped putting stuff on YouTube because I couldn't take the stuff down that was already there. Once it's out at the bottom, you know, it's out. But yeah, it's not like it was bad. But when it, you do the comedy, it's like a surreal version of your real life. So I'm talking about my wife and stuff like that. Yeah. Who's their mom, right? And so it's not yep. real, but it's but it's based on something that was real. Sure. You know what I mean? So no, absolutely. It's like, it is weird. Yeah, my, I use now I use it for my kids as incentive to do good. I'm like, if you don't clean up your room, it's going in the act. <laughs> I'm gonna post it. <laughs> no. Funny how when your kids grow up with you doing this, as you know, it's nothing to them, right? They don't even realize it. But this is so funny. Just yesterday, I hit a coolness peak because somebody is TikToking some of my bits. Oh, I know. And now I have my son's attention. <laughs> so now he's like, what is it you do? <laughs> because your voice is coming out of this woman's mouth. <laughs> what is it? So it's real. It's funny when uh, to get cool points from your teenage sons. It took that. That is actually a really big deal. I was very happy when I saw it. There's this girl on TikTok. I just I'm fascinated. I watch her and all she does is, is lip sync John Mulvaney. <laughs> Yeah, it might be the same woman. <laughs> Maybe. This woman does everybody. So I was like, yay, I made the cut. She does it way funnier than I do. So I'm watching her going, 
Oh, she made a face there. That was funny. <laughs> well, Sarah Cooper became super famous just lip syncing Donald Trump. You never know. I try to lip sync. I can't lip sync. It's just, it's weird. <laughs> it's a talent. It really yeah. is. Yeah. As, as Millie Vanilli would tell you, how's that for an old reference? Uh, some people can do it. Some people can't or shouldn't. It was funny you bring this up because I was th- actually thinking the other day, I was because all my um, video footage that I have is kind of far away because I shot it like on a phone or something. So it's not great for TikTok because usually it has to be like right up. Yeah. But then I actually thought of the idea of lip syncing myself. <laughs> It's coming from that guy. Yeah. It's like, just play the audio and then just shoot me kind of just, you know, doing my own thing. And then like, I was like, oh, maybe that could work. (laughs) (laughs) Or you could just show yourself and say that you're lip syncing and they'll go, wow, he's really good. Yeah. I'm I'm not, uh, I've had like one thing on TikTok do kind of okay. And then otherwise I just, I use it just to embarrass my kids. Oh yeah. I haven't even done TikTok yet. I just got a notice on Instagram that it had happened. She tagged me or or whatever. So I like showed my husband and he goes, what? Wait, what is that? What? She's lip syncing you? I'm like, it's TikTok, honey. (laughs) Okay. So this, this is what you need to do. All right. Ready? Yeah. So if you don't already have a TikTok account, you have have to go. I do. Yes. Okay. Okay. You have one. Great. Mm -hmm. If you haven't posted yet, there's a duet feature. You know, the duet. Okay, yeah. Okay, so go duet yourself with those people doing your voice. Okay. You could either be laughing or whatever or kind of, you know, whatever it is you want to do. Oh, okay, that's a good idea. But but that might be a funny way to like kind of just connect you to the voice and that. Right, right. It might be a good way to kind of just do it. See, and why aren't you you, uh, leading my career in my social media career? (laughs) Because I'm so bad at it. I'm here to help. I've gotten a lot of people I've talked to. I'm like, oh, here's your idea. This is what you need to do. This is what you do. Yeah, that's funny. I'm better at coming up with ideas for other people than myself. <laughs> Probably because I'm a nobody. <laughs> nobody, no, I didn't, no one just busted in here and goes, you're not going to believe this. Somebody's lip syncing Jeff Dwoskin on TikTok. <laughs> it could happen, Jeff. I will. How about that? I'll do it. You do it. That'd be great. You, that would be great. <laughs> That was my idea. I think I'm, I'm gonna. But I'm not gonna say it because somebody will take it before I could do it. But between me and you, I think it would be funny to have comedians doing each other's bits. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think that would be a fun way to challenge somebody. Like, say I do Adam Ferrara, and so now then he has to go do somebody else, and then they have to do somebody else. And that would be really fun. All right now I have something to do. It ends with Frank Caliendo doing you all. <laughs> doing everybody (laughs) Um, oh my gosh i haven't laughed in such a long time thank you oh you're welcome this is fun i have to tell you this is this is my day today so my kids are virtual because i don't know if you know what's going on out there well just for the people listening you mean school your kids are real no 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 (laughs) (laughs) there's a new app you can get when you have virtual (laughs) kids it's so much easier to clean up after them Oh my God, look at us. We're still in Mira. <laughs> you set it up. I'll hit it. Okay, so, oh yeah, so uh, I have a 13 year old and a 16 year old. Our school gives us the option that they could go virtual. So today I had to drive to the school to bring my son's trifold project. And while I'm there, I had to pick up a package for him to do whatever it is they're doing in class. So I'm like carrying this. I'm like, what is this? My friend goes, it's a cow eyeball. Oh. I'm like, I have a cow eyeball. Jeff, we're vegetarians. (laughs) 
And I said to my son, seriously, we're not eating the cow, but you're going to cut his eyeball up? Like, how does this fit into our family's morality? I don't know. He's like, because I know, Mom, I don't want to eat it, but I really want to cut up his eye. (laughs) He's so excited. (laughs) So I don't know what to do, but that's going to happen in my house. Not excited about that. That was what I had to do today, pick up a cow eyeball. (laughs) (laughs) I had to do something similar with my kids. It was uh, lamb lungs. It was oh. it was very interesting. In the cafeteria, too. That was the funny part. We were on the cafeteria oh. dissecting it. I remember doing fetal pigs when I was in high school. Frogs. No, but see, I was the I was the boycott girl. I was the one setting them all free. You're the girl from E.T.? Yes, set them all free. <laughs> Let them free. I couldn't do it at all. That's the, the funny part about your kids being older now. But um, no, what I was going to say is that you're... Hang on. <sighs> so worked up about this eyeball is that you were at school this is going to happen at my house that's that's a whole new level yeah that that's grossing me out so much i'm not going to help my husband will i don't know i'm shivering you're going to get through it look me in the eyes we're going to i'm going to get you through it (laughs) thank you thank you very much Uh, yeah that's why my wife sent me when it was the dissecting she wouldn't go anywhere near it she's she's like you she's not she's not no, not, not not touching it, not touching it. No, and it's not like at that age there. I mean, maybe a trigger. What is it? it maybe trigger one somebody who then wants to be a surgeon or something. Is that what happens? Is like, oh, I was dissecting this eyeball and it just <laughs> it just hit me. I needed to be an optometrist. I wanted to cut everything. I wanted to cut it all up. <laughs> but it, I I, mean, I can understand of a lung because you can kind of separate yourself. But an eyeball, there is no trick in your brain to think that it's no. play doh. That, that, that's an eyeball looking right back at you. <laughs> and no matter where you walk, that's going to follow you. <laughs> oh, we'll, we'll see. I'll record it. That'll be my TikTok. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> what song do you cut an eyeball up to? My daughter just did one. We went on a cruise. They had the surfing thing. Mm-hmm. And so I filmed her wiping out. When I say wiping out, it was the hardest wipeout I've ever seen. And I got it all on tape. <sighs> I don't think I, as a father, it's, it's, I hate to say this, but I've never laughed so hard. And I, and I probably watched it <laughs> a thousand times. And so there's this thing on TikTok, a trend where it's like, it's like an old song and then it goes, Oh no. Okay. Oh no. Right. And then like in the, Oh no's, something bad is happening. So she freeze framed the, the falling and it's the funniest thing. I like, I like oh, as I funny as it was it. before. I'll send it to you after. Okay. Oh, it's, that's hilarious. It's so funny. Well, my family is a big America's Funniest Videos family. Like, we do have that sense of humor. Like, if, if people are falling down and getting hit in the head and in the crotch, my family's hysterical. Except when it happens to one of them. Because my little one was really young, and we were at a petting farm. And this goat, I mean, this goat started from the other end of the pasture. <laughs> he revved up, and he nailed my son, who went flying. And it's the funniest video but he gets angry. Like if we put it on, he gets so mad and leaves the room and tears up. And I'm like, dude, you, you've got to let it go. That was 10 years ago. <laughs> and and yet he will laugh hysterically watching all the other people, you know, get hit and he, he can't separate it. He, I don't know. He was traumatized, I guess, but it's very funny for us. <laughs> Oh, it's so funny. As a parent, there's nothing, there's no greater gift. The, there's a, there's a CP. <laughs> there's no greater gift. <laughs> there's a, there's a CPK, a California Pizza Kitchen. There's a window there. Okay. That, I don't know, 10 years ago, my daughter walked into and like, boom, oh. there, there is nothing funnier. <laughs> 
and someone walking into a clear plate of glass that doesn't know it's there. It's full force. There's no hesitation. It's full force. It's no, it's, it's just pure. It's gold. It's gold. And anyone thinking this is horrible, I wouldn't like, like you're lying. You're just lying to yourself. Yes. <laughs> and oh, every time we'd eat there, all I could think of anytime just even looking at the window was her just bam right into it. And like, <laughs> But it's all those times, like, I think it's we're the generation that doesn't spank our kids, right? And so it's all of that pent up non-spanking so that when your kid actually gets nailed, you're like, that's such a release. It's like letting air out of the balloon. You're just like, oh, I was almost going to wind up on the news, but thank you. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Oh, man. Save me. You've worked on cruises. You got any good cruise stories? My cruise story. Well, I, I guess way back in the day, I did Norwegian Cruise Lines, and that was just mostly adults. But recently, doing the Disney ships, I put my foot down, and I said, no children. And Disney's like, you know we have a lot of them. I'm like, yeah, no. The adults need something just for them. So they let me do it. So I've been just doing adult shows and the kids are off and it's been glorious because the parents come in and I can just rip on the kids and they're so happy. It's just like we were talking about before. They're like, yeah, those little, you know what, <laughs> but it's Disney. So I kind of have to do a lot of tiptoeing around. So I use a lot of code words and I tell them this is code for, you know, who, <laughs> <laughs> The, the biggest mishap that happened was we, I was booked to do an Alaskan cruise for seven days with my whole family. We all flew up to Vancouver, and the next day we were supposed to get on the ship. But that night we got in, they lost all of our luggage, and they said, oh, it's coming in the next flight. It'll be here in the morning. So we spent all night just hanging out. So we get up in the morning, and we go downstairs, there's no, there's no luggage. And we call the airlines, oh, it'll be in here two hours. I'm like, okay, but we get on the ship in three hours, and it never came. And we waited and waited. So I had an hour to shop for a family of four for an Alaskan cruise. I'm talking underwear and coats. And it takes me four hours just to buy a bra. <laughs> We're talking, we had to buy a suitcase. We had, it was like, you, you know that song? Do, 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 do. That was us in the ball. Like, go get the underwear. Go get the. So on stage, I was like wearing Mickey stuff and. We talked about it. Then, of course, come back um, from eating dinner on the ship. We walked back to our cabin, and there is our luggage. Somehow, they sent it to Alaska, so now we have double the stuff in the tiny little room. So, But, you know, the, the good thing about being a comedian is you talk about it at night on your shows, and, you know, it all works out. And we can get away with wearing a Mickey T-shirt on stage, where if I was an opera singer, <laughs> probably not Maybe so not. Maybe not. <laughs> I bet the parents loved it. There's no place on earth that has more family fights than <laughs> Disney. Oh, yeah. There's just so many rules, too. Like what I'm allowed to say, like you, when you work there, they hand you a list and it says no sexual humor, no drugs, no political, no race. Don't talk to people. Don't mention it. So I'm like, this is my set list. <laughs> what, what are you talking about? Why have you hired me? So I was the only comedian working for quite a while on the Disney ships until it was working really well. So they started to hire others and then the, the pandemic hit. So I still hold the record because <laughs> they all didn't get to go on yet. So I just started enjoying cruises again. And then I, I was never a big fan. And then we went 
we went on a huge like one that had you know rock walls and oh yeah i've seen those in the ports yeah and like it was just it was like a city it was like it was a lot and then a couple years later we went on another one where it was just kind of scaled down it was just more chill and i enjoyed that so much more did you yeah because i just like chilling i don't even like being in the sun i was like in the place where it was a little shade and i would just chill i can see that I could see that, Jeff. <laughs> and so and it was like, I loved it. And then the pandemic hits. And I'm like, I, will, I you can't go on a cruise. It's like, it's a... No, it's an incubator. <laughs> it, I, yeah, I just said all, all of my cruises that I had booked all through next year. I just got word. Nope. So the last cruise I go on, you'll appreciate this. This is a, a kind of a comedy story, right? So I get on the cruise. The comedian is this guy, Dylan. And Dylan, I did open mic with Dylan 15 years ago or whatever, oh, yay. right? So I'm Facebook friends with them. So I Facebook them and like, I'm like, I'm going to come to your show. You know, I get there early and I'm sitting my daughter and wife. So the show now starts. So Dylan's now on stage, right? Yes. And my wife and my daughter, who at the time would be 16, 17, let's say I'm sitting for her to get to me. She has to walk in front of the stage. Okay. Uh-oh. So he started my wife, who's been a million shows because I've done comedy. Sure. Sits down. But my daughter doesn't see that she sat down. So the 16-year-old just casually walks right in front of Dylan as he's doing his show, as if he's not even there, and sits down. And then Dylan, of course, starts interacting with her. Okay. On one hand, I'm thinking to myself, oh, my God, I'm mortified because just as a comedian, I'm like disrupting him. And then on the other hand, I'm thinking to myself, she just handed him gold, right? Because yeah. cause it, the interaction between the two of them was so organic and just hilarious. You can't uh-huh. ask for anything better to start a show right. than that, right? Yeah, you're welcome. And so, <laughs> But like the funniest part was me looking at my wife who knew not to walk in front and totally abandoned my daughter. <laughs> it just threw her to the sharks. There you go. Well, I thought you were going to go another way with it. I thought he was being inappropriate, like not being able to see how old she was or something like that. But yeah, as I've seen that happen too. It's awkward. <laughs> it's really awkward. Yeah. Th- thankfully, he asked and then that was part of it. Like, uh, you know, then he, he made fun of, of the fact that she was, was young like that. So. Well, I get that because on the Disney ships, they say no, no kids. One parent brought their kid in and went and, le- and I and I just kept on and on and on going, you know, the kids' spaces are open. <laughs> Have you been to the kids' space before? Yeah. How many people here would pay this kid a dollar to go to the kids' space? <laughs> so, you know, it was really funny, to, like you said. So when that happens, it's awesome. And I said, oh, and I'm not supposed to talk to you people, so this will be my last show. And you could say you were at it. <laughs> <laughs> so you work with whatever you get. It's fine. Well, when you walk around, people probably come up to you the whole cruise, right? Yeah. Don't when they see you? Unless they fly you off the boat to another boat or something. But Yeah, we don't sleep there. Don't you know how that works? <laughs> yeah, no, of course. Yeah, they, they come up and they want to either tell you a joke or tell you, um, you should come where I work. You'd have tons of material, you know, all the time. And That's what everyone always says. You should hang out with me. I could be your whole act. I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah, it's the top five things people say to every comedian. But what, what are the other ones? Do you write your own material? You should come hang out with me. What are the other ones? Where's the bathroom? <laughs> Maybe you don't get that as a headliner, but every club I've ever worked at. I don't get that as much. (laughs) Every club I've ever worked at, nobody can ever find the bathrooms. Like everyone's like, where's the bathroom? (laughs) It's it's over there. They raise their hand. Oh, what's the worst thing that's happened to you on stage? Your your nightmare gig? The worst thing that ever happened to me on stage was I was at this event 
And I don't even think they knew they were going to have comedy. And like they brought me up and nobody was laughing. And it should have been my wheelhouse. It was like they hired me a Jew to hide, to entertain other Jews. You know what I mean? It was like, right. apparently starting off with, hey, how many doctors and lawyers are in the house? And they're like, none. What Jews are here? What, what do you got going on? <laughs> that didn't go over. Yeah, I thought it would go over well. And it just, it didn't. I was with my people and it just, it didn't, nobody They wanted. didn't appreciate it. It did not appreciate me. And I remember... The show was so bad. I can still How picture myself. Was it? it was so bad <laughs> that I remember being on stage, eyeballing the exit. Like, how am I going to get out of here? Thank God I already got paid. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. It was early in my career. So I was like. I know. When I started doing colleges, this was this one year. And I did really well at the showcase, you know, that they have. And it would just be one after another. Like you'd go do a noon show and then drive five hours and do a night show. And it was just relentless. So I show up at this one school. It's like a community college and I'm doing a noon show. First thing I look, there's no posters anywhere. And I go, I can't find anyone. And there's a secretary. I'm like, I'm, I'm supposed to be doing a show. She's like, oh, yeah, all of the people from the uh, student organization are on a retreat. They're not even on campus. So here's your check. So just, uh, I don't know, just go over into that corner. It's just like the commons area. Just go into the commons area and just go do your show. And I'm like, there's no mic. There's no anything. Just, and I have my check. What do you think I did? <laughs> See ya. <laughs> I went over to that corner and I sat there <laughs> for an hour. And nobody came, nobody was there. And I, then I just went, okay, bye-bye. And then I got a thank you letter in the mail from the students. We're so sorry we couldn't be there. We heard your show is great. Everyone's been talking about it. Oh, wow. Yeah, they used the template letter from the year before. Yeah, there you go. Mm -hmm. And the check cleared. That's all that mattered. So. That's all that matters. Yeah. Except for the, the horrific shows that you actually do do and then get paid hardly anything. So it all works out. Yeah, I remember you reminded me of a show where I walked in. I was working with this guy, Steve Ayat, walking in this bar and there's no one there. And it's like 15 minutes to the show. And he goes, you want to just get up? start usually it's the opposite right <laughs> usually it's like let's yeah, wait an late. extra 15 yeah. minutes to start so we're gonna we're gonna make you wait 15 minutes past showtime and keep you here even longer for this miserable experience you're about to experience <laughs> i was supposed to do like 30 minutes i think he was supposed to do an hour he's like and, we, and like we we courteously said to him because there was two people there and the two people that were there were accidentally seated there they were supposed to be seated in a, a different restaurant well, you do 30, you do, you know, you're not, they want us to do the whole show because like sometimes they have these power trips, you know, these these bars. You're going to do what I tell you to do or you're not getting paid. Yeah. Right. And so I get, I'm doing my thing. Luckily, I had just worked with this headliner. And so meaning like I was in a good space, so I could just have fun. I was just doing my act. And I remember there was this big deer video game in front of the stage. Like one of those where you hold a gun and it's like, boom, boom, boom. And two people walked in while I'm doing my show and just start playing the video game. Like, and then I even just leaned into them and started, you know, doing my jokes right at them. And it's like, they're acting like I'm not even there. And I'm thinking to myself, and so it just becomes almost like a parody of like doing a thing. And I was like, ugh, I was like. You're just lucky they didn't turn. I thought you were gonna say they turned the gun and started shooting at you. So I, that I wish they had, that would have been, that would have ended it faster. <laughs> Yeah, I think when people, you know, once you become a headliner and you're, or you're on TV or you're doing whatever, people are like, oh, you have the best job ever. I mean, you work like an hour a night. It's so good. They have no idea. It's, you know, it's, it would be like telling a surgeon, wow, that surgery only took you 20 minutes and you're getting how many thousands? All right, let's go back to how many years of torture and 
Yeah. That's, I get, that frustrates me sometimes when people, I, I, I think I, we're getting that now because all of us are out of work and everyone's like, ah, the poor comedians <laughs> or whoever, the poor actors or the poor, oh, they're out of work, but they don't realize how much work and, and it's a real job and that you put way more hours into it than just that little bit that you see on stage, you know? Exactly. So it's, it, it's really hard to have any sympathy. And my GoFundMe is like at two bucks because nobody cares. Oh, no. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I always feel bad. Some people do a GoFundMe and I'd be like, I need 5000 and then they raise 50 And then some people like do a GoFundMe and they want like 1000 and they can't even get $100. It's like, I feel, I always feel like really bad. It's- yeah, I know. Well, okay. So let's talk. Great. So you put the time, you put the time in. So let's just make sure everyone is fully aware. Not only were you 1998's funniest, I'm just going to say comedian. Let's You could know it was female. That's what I they know, do. But we're going to, we're going to, we're changing. In history, we're just gonna. <laughs> Did you get any any kind of uh, blowback from winning funniest female comedian from like other female comedians? I was talking to Craig Shoemaker, and he was saying like when he won like comedian of the year or whatever the award was, he won. It's like it it wasn't the greatest experience. No, why? What happened for him? Listen to the podcast, Mary Ellen. He explains it. No, I'm <laughs> <laughs> I missed that one. Um, well, I can see you know like there's so many. Um, well, for me, I think it gave like the comedy clubs and people something to promote. So it, it helped me in that way. So, cause they had a winner or female comedian of the year, you know, or whatever. So the clubs really like it cause they need something to prove that you're worth the money that they're charging. And then I would get work that, because again, it goes back to the whole female comedian thing. It was really hard to get booked into a new club as a headliner because a lot of, club owners back then didn't think women could headline, you know, if you didn't have your own TV show or or whatever. So I literally every, almost every club I ever headlined, I had to go in as a feature, blow the headliner off the stage. They'd literally switch the order in the middle of the week. And then I could come back as a headliner. So I think that helped with that. So people go, Oh, she won this award. I guess I'll have her in. And it was something to uh, make my mom happy. It is awesome. (laughs) I remember being very aware of you when we worked together because you had like, is it fair to say one of the most popular Comedy Central specials? I mean, I feel like it was on a million times. I mean, because I remember seeing it many times. Yeah, I was very lucky when they they ran that. It got a a lot of positive feedback. And then when they stopped running, most of them, they, they still would run mine. I was really thankful. This is your first special. You're like, yay. Yay. (laughs) It was great. And then you've been on The Tonight Show with Jay Leno twice? Twice, yes. And it's so funny because, again, my whole goal right now is to impress my teenage kids. They're really into OK Go. They like their, their videos. Have you ever seen their videos? I haven't. They do a lot of Rube Goldberg kind of things, you know, so okay. they're really, really cool. Yeah, they're cool guys. And I go, oh, so you like OK Go. So I go and I get my picture of me with on the set of The Tonight Show with Jay Leno and Owen Wilson and OK Go was the musical guest. And I'm like, nice. That. They're like, no way. OK Go. I go, yeah, see Jay Leno, see Owen Wilson. <laughs> It was the only time I've ever been on film that felt like my nose was very petite because <laughs> Owen Wilson was on. Like this is this is a dainty little nose. I want to. I'm going to. I'm going to work with Owen Wilson every time. <laughs> 
So, uh, yeah, so it's always about what's going to impress my kids now. It's, it's one of those things that as a comedian, I that was like the big stepping stone to do The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson, right? Right. There's that group. Then there's a group of people who have done it with Jay Leno. Then there's a group. Now this is a group who have done it with, you know, it's, it, it goes on like that. It's like a status thing. And it's very surreal. I mean, when you when you walk out of that curtain that you're used to seeing every night and it's like you are doing this that you've thought about your entire career and look over and see Jay or, you know, whoever. It's a very out of out of body experience for sure. So cool. Drove my husband nuts because I was behind the curtain and I was so excited. He's literally introducing me and I'm going to my husband, you know, after we do this, we should go out because look, they did my makeup for free. Look how pretty I look. And he's like, will you focus? <laughs> introducing you. He got way more nervous than I do. One of the reasons I was excited to talk to you. We were together, right, in 2008 in Ann Arbor, Michigan. I love Ann Arbor. Ann Arbor is great. Ann Arbor was awesome. So you were, and I think I may have told you this on Facebook, but I'll, tell you, I'll say it again here, is I, I didn't have a good set. I remember the first show. It, and I remember you coming up to me and I wrote it down because I, I made an actual scrapbook because I wanted my kids to know where I was for that 10 years. <laughs> so I made, so <laughs> I, I went, they're gone. <laughs> I was really into uh, digital scrapbooking and stuff like that. So I took everything. Oh, that's so cool. And I, and I really documented well, like my first 10 years. Like I took a lot of photos and, and saved <gasps> everything and all that I kind of stuff. I wish I had done that. That's awesome. So I have this thing. I have, uh, this is what I wrote. I wrote, Mary Ellen was one of those comics I remember seeing on TV and my first night not going well. I wrote, and she had advice. She told me, you're the frustrated father. You're jumping around. One minute family, then observational. You need to pick one, the father, and drop all the observational stuff. It was the best advice I ever got. It took a while, but I eventually re refocused my entire act. And then I have an actual copy of one of the jokes that you were kind enough to rewrite for me that I wrote. Aww. And now I do it this way every time, and it kills every time. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's so sweet. What was the joke, Jeff? I'm trying to remember. It was a deal or no deal joke, which was great when it was Howie Mandel. And then it got like, you know, like sometimes comedians, like they do jokes, and it's like, that show hasn't been on TV for five years, Jeff. <laughs> right? Yeah, I know. And so like the greatest gift to me was when Howie Mandel started doing it again. <laughs> You're like, thank you. Got my Thank joke back. There you go. Great, good. <laughs> Great job. <laughs> so anyway, thank you for that. Because it's not often that like a headliner will take that time, right? And it's one thing to listen. And it's another thing to kind of, you know, take take that time and, and pass along that wisdom. So I always That's remember that. Sweet. Well, you know, I don't do that unless I think somebody's really funny or there's a reason to. Because there's I work with lots of people and you're just like, why bother? <laughs> That's <laughs> not going anywhere. Nothing's happening. So yeah, so I I really thought you were very funny. And and you know that we can see past a crowd. You know, everybody has bad shows and usually to you the show is way worse than what it seems to everybody else. And there there are several times that I've actually tried to give a tag or something to somebody and they, they didn't want it. <laughs> they said, No thanks. I write my own. And I'm like, wow, you know what? Next time you could just say thank you and not do it. What's the point of like hurting somebody's feelings, you know? I know some comedians for some reason feel, oh, I can't take that because you wrote it. But my point of view on that is, no, no. In, in this in this case, right? No, Mary Ellen, I inspired it. Mary, I channeled it. Mary Ellen, it was just channeled through Mary Ellen. Absolutely. She heard me. It's not like she just thought of the tag. It was just, you know, and sometimes I think people need to hear. It helps to hear yeah. other people's things. And you can hear things that they don't hear because they just get too caught up on it. I think it's always a gift. Yeah, it's in the art community. You know, my husband's uh, an art director. He's a, it's called the clean eye. 
So if you've been working on a piece of art for so long, you just can't even see it anymore. And somebody come along and go, oh, just swipe that with yellow. Oh, you fixed it. You know, it's just the clean eye. We all think comedically, but sometimes you're just too close to it or whatever. But yeah, no, I'm so glad. And and again, you were such a sweetheart. So I wouldn't have talked. Thank you. (laughs) Tried if I didn't think you were funny. I appreciate it. I wasn't fishing for a compliment, but I appreciate it. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. I'll take it. (laughs) Well, it was so fun hanging out, hanging out with you here and catching up. Thank you. Tell everyone where they can keep up with you on the socials and stuff like that. I am on the socials. So I'm a big, I love Facebook. I, I have Instagram as well and Twitter, but I don't, I don't like Twitter as much. I don't know if you do. I love Twitter. I did notice. I wrote do down. You? I needed to talk to you about that. I don't think you've tweeted since 2017. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't. I don't like Twitter. I think it's because I'm very visual. Like, you know, when I perform my faces, uh, I'm just a physical, visual person. So I really like to put pictures in of stuff you know, of the people and things that I'm talking about. So so I'm more gravitate towards Instagram and Facebook, you know, more so. But yeah, and apparently they're part of me is on on TikTok. (laughs) 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 Um, But my website has pretty much a link to everything. And it's just my name.com, MarianneHooper.com. That's the easiest. I had a little blog for a while where I wrote stories. That's all on there with pictures. Yeah, you met a lot of things. Yeah, Carol Burnett, uh, Martin Short. You have pictures with. I thought I thought my uh, murderer's row was pretty good, but you got you got some uh, killer Richard Pryor. You know what? I'm a huge comedy fan, and so I love all. I mean, those are the people I grew up with. So to be able to meet them and get your picture with it, I like the old school. Yeah. Oh yeah, so. Phyllis Diller. You got here. Yeah, so cool, right? So cool. My favorite was, of course, Carol Burnett. And that was at the Comedy Awards. I just saw her from across the room, you know, and our eyes locked. The two redheads. Yeah, this is how I picture it in my head. We ran in slow motion toward each other. So we started talking to her and I go, oh my gosh. I said, I'm Mary Ellen. She goes, I know who you are. And just the world stopped. And I was like, what? (laughs) What? It was amazing. And then somebody came up and interrupted us. And I thought, oh, it's okay. It's somebody else's turn to talk with Carol. I've had my moment. And and I turned to go and she grabbed my hand as to say, don't go. And my heart just leapt out of my chest. And anybody who would walk by, I would hold up our hands so that they could see that we were holding hands. (laughs) And that's when I got to get my picture with her. So I was so happy. That's so awesome. That's a great story, too. Who's your who was your favorite picture? Well, okay. Well, there's okay that I had to hunt down. Let's let's put it hunt down. I I hunted down Jeff Goldblum. Oh, and like I was going to post it on my Instagram. I still might. I realized that over the last 15 years, my weight has not been consistent. <laughs> and like, and, and, and pictures really kind of call that out. So Goldblum was more of a, a little heavier phase. So I'm like, oh, but I had met him. Meeting Jeff Goldblum was sort of like a bookend to meeting Ben Vereen. Okay. So we had, I, we had seen Ben Vereen. <laughs> we went and saw Fosse in, okay. in New York. And my wife bought tickets online and row A. Oh, okay, row A. Well, in Detroit, row A doesn't mean first row, but apparently in New York it did. So we're like Fosse front row, right? And it was amazing. Wow. It was just amazing him doing like uh, Bojangles and stuff like that. So we we like to, we're the people that hang out after, right? So yes. meet Ben Vereen, get a picture with him. And my buddy had always said to me, if you talk to somebody famous, 
don't bring up the obvious stuff. Right. They are more likely to talk to you if you bring up something obscure. So I'm like, yeah. hey, Ben Vereen, I loved you in 10 Speed and Brown Shoe, right? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Which is a show that he did with Jeff Goldblum. So yeah. years later, I meet good Jeff Goldblum and I hunt him down. I'm like, I need this photo. And I say the same thing to him. <laughs> And did they respond? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, no, I had a moment. I had a couple moments with them. Because the funny thing is, Ben Vereen, it must have been, nobody was really waiting. And eh, Ben Vereen's just walking out. <laughs> it's like, no, what's wrong? Like, nobody hey, what's... Knows. You have like those like little two, two meg cameras. Or, you know, they yeah. take the two and then everyone, uh, the young kids listening, what does that even mean? <laughs> <laughs> you could take a picture with 18 less megs and you do now? <laughs> it's, it's cutting so edge. Sad. It was cutting edge, kids, back at the time. <laughs> Oh, you have to post the pictures and tell that story. That's hilarious. I will. I will. I will. Uh, I'm just. See, I'm kinda, I just gave you more advice. Yes, you're the best. That's why. I <laughs> you like know me. what you should do. <laughs> <laughs> but you do the TikTok thing. I'll do that. <laughs> See, it's payback. I know. Payback. Thank you very much. I can't thank you enough for hanging with me. Oh my gosh, my pleasure. It was so nice to hear from you after all these years. I know, right? All right. Well, how fun was that? Mary Ellen Hooper is the greatest. Check her out on YouTube. Hunt down her comedy specials. Once comedians are touring again and she comes to your town, get tickets. You won't regret it. She's awesome. And now it's that time of the show where we spotlight a hashtag from one of the many hashtag gains from hashtag roundup. This week's spotlight is hashtag ginger myths. That's right. So many misconceptions and myths about redheads and Lorette from Red's Hot Tags was kind enough to run this hashtag to help dispel some of those hashtag ginger myths. All the tweets I'm going to read are, of course, retweeted at Jeff DeWaskin Show on Twitter. They'll also be listed in the show notes, so give them some love, retweet them, and don't forget to download the free Hashtag Roundup app. You can play along with all the hashtag games that go on every day, and one day you may end up on an episode of Live from Detroit, the Jeff Duoskin Show. Fame and fortune await those that tweet. All right, here we go. Hashtag Ginger Myths. Gingers have access to a secret Twitter edit button. If that was true, gingers would be the most popular people on social media. Not all redheads are hot-headed, but they do sleep on Tempur-Pedics. Oh! Red paint is derived from ginger hair. If you're just tuning in, these are some hashtag ginger myths. They're born blonde and become gingers only after excess cheese doodle consumption. If you rub a ginger's head three times, you get good luck. The best way to compliment their freckles is to play connect the dots with the sharpie. That is an interesting hashtag ginger myth. Here's another one. I hear their sweat tastes like cinnamon. That would be a good thing. They all live in gingerbread houses. Ginger ale is made from real gingers. And the final hashtag ginger myth that I'm going to share with you. They all hate everyone named Marianne. Oh, all right. Those were some amazing hashtag ginger myths brought to you by hashtag roundup and red hot stags. All right. Check out hashtag roundup. Play along. You can be featured on a future show. Can you believe it? The end of episode 44 has arrived. I want to thank Mary Ellen Hooper for joining me. Such an amazing guest. I want to thank all of you for listening week after week after week. I can't thank you enough. Don't forget to subscribe, like, follow, tell all your friends about Live from Detroit, the Jeff Duoskin Show, and I'll see you next week. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of The Jeff Dwoskin Show with your host, Jeff Dwoskin. Now go repeat everything you heard and sound like a genius. Catch us online at thejeffdwoskinshow.com or follow us on Twitter at Jeff Dwoskin Show. And we'll see you next time.